0: You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspired you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. So there's these two guys, and they get uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, season tickets, and they're so excited that they got season tickets. So they, they come, and they, uh, they start going to the games in, in September for the preseasons, and then they're there for October. And, and as they're there, they're, they realize that, that they got uh, seat B12 and 13, but B14 is empty. And they're just like, oh, man, like, where's, where's B-14? Like, th- they must not have sold that ticket. So they go and speak to the the to the ticket office and say, listen, I got a friend who would really like this ticket. Uh, is, is, it, is it empty? Because we've had uh, two, three months of games, and there's been no one sitting there. And the, the, they look on the computer, and they say, you know what, sorry, sir, that, uh, that is held by a season's ticket holder. And he's like, okay, so November comes and nothing, December comes and nothing, January, a guy shows up there, and, and, and uh, he's sitting there and watching the game. He reaches over beside me and says, You know what? I got to ask. You know, you got the season's tickets. And I just know September, October, November, December, you weren't there. You didn't miss like over half the season. What happened? The guy says, You know what? I don't even want to talk about it. It's a little bit of a sore subject with me. He's like, Really? Well, what's, what's going on? He says, Well, my wife bought the tickets back in August, but thought it would make a great Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. As we get ready to kick off our corporate fast, um, we're going to start off with uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. You know what? Um, as, as John, uh, John is one of our board members, and as he was talking about the importance of tithing. You know what? I think there's something important about just saying, Lord, I want to give you the fir- first fruit in everything that I do. And Lord, I want to include that Father God that I want to give you the first part of the year where God I'm going to seek you hard. I want I want to I want to know who you are, Lord. I want I want to just uh, I I don't want to just have that casual relationship with you, God, but I want to know I want to know your name. I want to know who you are. Lord, I want to walk in an intimate relationship with you. You know, it's amazing to me That as the Lord, um, how fasting came about in my life is there was a book that I read. uh, I I picked it up in California. I was in in Calgary, and I was a, a youth pastor, and I went down to California for a conference, and I went to this massive Christian bookstore, and as I was in this bookstore, I picked up this book simply entitled Fasting by Jensen Franklin. And I come home and I was talking to my wife about my trip. And she says, did you get anything? I said, yeah, I bought this book. And I told her about the, the, the big bookstore I went. She's like, was that the only book on the shelf? Like, why would you buy a book called Fat?" That's all it was, Fasting. I'm like, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to buy that book. So I bought the book, and actually I shelved it. And uh, it, it just sat there for a few years until finally I kind of picked it up. And when I read it, it challenged me to the very foundation that, you know what? There's a lot that we know in, in North America. There's a lot of things that, that, we, that we partake about. But you know what? Fasting is something. You know, I was always about the, the, the camp of we, we, we need to be feasting. You know, like, it, it, it's fun. Like, uh, man, we're Pentecostal. Everything revolves around food. You know, if you, if you have a men's event and you say, hey, we're going to have, by the way, our next men's event, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Neil just said, hey, I'm going to provide chili for all the guys. So, you know what, Neil, our numbers are going to go up right now because you just said you're going to invite chili. You, you know, like, it, it, it's, all about, it's all about food. But there's something special that happens when we just take that, that time and just say, Lord, I want to just abstain from food. I just want to walk in that place and seek you hard, Father God, and focus on you. You know, it's amazing in 2012, the blessings that we have seen from this church as we started to walk out and step into fasting as a church. You know, this year our mortgage was paid off 100%. You know, in my own personal life, we also, we fast for the church, but we also fast for personal reasons. And it's amazing how, how again, how John was talking about how we'll be a blessed people. We are a blessed people. You know, I, last, this last year, I had a, a financial need in my life. And, um, you know, I was, laughing, I was just joking around with one of my friends from Calgary. He says, how come whenever someone from the church has a, a need, you know, in their life, they post it on Facebook? You know, oh, man, I just, right now, I'm just, uh, I'm really needing $500 in my life, and I'm just believing that the Lord will, will drop it off. And all of a sudden, $500 comes by. It's like, oh, wow, how did you know? Well, I read it on Facebook that you have a need. But, you know, I had a need in my life, and I didn't tell anybody about it. My wife knew about it, and I didn't tell anybody. I just sat there, and I just said, you know, Lord, I just give this to you right now. You know, that, church, that Sunday I went to church, and uh, I came up to the front here, and I was just praying for people, and there was, there was a, a gentleman who was waiting for me. And, you know, um, there's, we, try to, we try to make it about many different people, but I'm just sitting and he's just I know that he's waiting for me, and I'm praying for people and praying for people. And then all of a sudden he came up, and I said, hey, how can I pray for you? He says, you know, Pastor, I just really wanted you to know that... Uh, I was praying for you, and I just really felt that I needed to give you this. And, and, and I got one of those Pentecostal handshakes. And I just sort of, you know, you don't, you don't want to be rude and just say, hey, I'm going to look at it now. So you just kind of put it in your pocket and say, thank you very much. And at the end of the night, I looked at it, and I said, you know what? I showed it to Cindy, and it was the exact number about what I needed. And I'm like, you know what, Cindy? I never told anybody. But God knows the desires of our heart. And when we take that time as a, as a, as a church family to seek his face, He knows the needs in our families. He knows the the desires of our heart. He knows what keeps us up at night. He knows what is causing us to worry, what is causing us to fret, what is causing us to stew. And he says, Lance, I love you. I am your father, and I've got great gifts for you. I believe that 2012 is going to be a special year for the Lord is rebuilding a foundation. And before we can step into the promised land of sorts where people from everywhere can come up and be built up and healed and restored, uh, we're talking about building a healing center in the future. We need to have the a volunteer base that can handle a, an ongoing ministry like that. Let's press in. Let's face the Lord and say, God, you know, just do you like to dream? I'm a dreamer. What do you think a healing center in, in Cold Lake would look like? What do you think all of a sudden, you know, again, we've had people, we haven't advertised at all, we've had people from Ogatokes coming up to Cold Lake to have some prayer ministry. What would it look like if all of a sudden an actual healing center was established where, where people who are just going through marital problems, people who are going through family crisis People who just have physical health needs in their life can come and have people pray for them. You know what? It's, it's, it's amazing when somebody cares, isn't it? You know, Cindy was sharing, I was here on Wednesday, and Cindy was sharing with the ladies about, she, she broke her arm, and as she broke her arm... Uh, You know, she's she's walking into some place and there's a lady who's kind of looking at her and she noticed that this lady was looking at her and she's looking at her kind of funny and and she's like, what's going on here? And this this lady came up and she said, hi. And Cindy's like, okay, I know you from somewhere, but I I have no idea who you are. And then as she said that, she goes, I don't know you, do I? And Cindy goes, well, I've never met you before. She says, "Uh, you know what, Uh, you just look familiar to me, but uh, sorry about that. And she goes, no, it's okay. It's just nice to have someone be nice to you. You know, we like that. And when someone, has, when someone comes along and you have a, a, a center of sorts established to be able to pray for the needs of people, it's absolutely amazing what doors God will open. Judges 4, starting at verse 4 says, But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap up the water with their tongues as dogs, lap from the, those who kneel to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs, and all the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the 300 men that lapped up, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let the, all the others go home. We are the body. Fasting is something the Lord is going to use to prepare us for what is coming. During our last fast, many people ask, why as a pastor do I not tell people what to fast? You know what? It's not my job to control. I'm not a puppet master. My job is to teach and to train. Your job as the congregation is to sit there and seek the Lord and say, God, what would we do as a family? What is our role? You know, there's a whole bunch of different types of fast, and that's what we're going to teach on today, the different types of fast. And as those days are coming up, right now, from December until January 11th, would you be in prayer to say, God, how can we participate in this? God, what would you require of my family? Fasting totally is a gift to the church. It's an opportunity to humble ourselves, to seek his face. It's an opportunity in the midst of chaos and busyness to say to the Lord, I come. Fasting is something that not a lot of Christians even talk about or really know about, yet it's such an effective tool in our arsenal to combat the enemy. You know what? Every time I fast, I get close to the Lord and doors open up for me. Every time, I quiet my spirit. And even when I become busy, when we fast, we truly are praying without ceasing. 24 hours a day, our body is in communion with the Lord. But one thing that I've learned this last year is fasting is totally... The whole area of fasting is a heart issue. You know what? Isn't it amazing how, how God looks at the heart over and over and over again? You know, we can even fast with false motives. Isaiah, 50, uh, um, yeah, Isaiah 58 starts out with, that's the fasting chapter, starts out with, Shout with the Lord, a trumpet blast. Shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn about me. They act like righteous nation and would never abandon the laws of God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want me near. We have fasted before, they said. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I'll tell you why, I responded. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves, even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fast will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like wreaths beneath the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is that what you call fasting? Do you really think that that will please me, the Lord? See, we can go in that place and say, you know what, I want to fast because, you know what, this is what the pastor said, it's a good thing to do. But if our heart isn't right, where it's like, God, I want to meet with you, Lord. God, I want to get serious. I want to seek your face. God knows the desires of our heart. We can't hide it. So I got three wrong motives this this morning for fasting. Number one, I love Christmas. I love the time when we just get to hang out with friends. But how many people understand that usually Christmas, you, you put on a little bit of weight? All right? Man, it's already started. I got on the scale yesterday. I'm like, "Where did that come from?" <laughs> if we fast and say, "You know what? That's a great idea. Let's let's go on a fast. You know what? It's in January. Christmas is over, New Year's is over. Perfect." We'll we'll drop some weight. It'll be awesome. Fasting uh, losing weight can be a benefit of fasting, but you know what it can't be the reason. The reason has to be to seek his face. Number two, it's been proven medically healthy to fast. For it causes our digestive system to shut down. You know, the digestive system needs a rest. But that can't be the reason, the motive for fasting. Number three, we do it because pastor told me to do it or everybody else is doing it. That can't, that can't be the motive. Pure pressure can't be the motive. It's something that is between us and the Lord when we sit in that place and say, God, I want what you want from my life. You know what? I believe that the Lord is going to pour out so many blessings upon his people. But remember, why does God pour out blessings? You know, he pours out blessings so that we can give to others. So we can stand in that place and be a blessing. You know what? As we get in that place, it's amazing. Lord, may may my bank account, God, be in that place that lord if you ever ask me to do something i don't say no because i can't but god i want to be able to be a blessing to as many people as i possibly can as you lead me and as you direct me you know what fasting does it removes the flesh from the throne too often i think that we can be selfish it's so hard living life making decisions and not doing it with self selfish motives you remember a time when, uh, when we lived in Edmonton, and the, the, they were talking about uh, establishing the Edmonton dump, and they were going to put it right in our neighborhood. And the, all the houses got together, and we started signing petitions that we don't want this dump here. And all the people, uh, we were in the north, and all the people in the south were like, that's a great place for the dump, because they didn't want it in their backyard. So then there's all this stuff, and people are like, our, our property value is going to go down. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And this massive argument rose up in the city. What about us in Coal Lake? If all of a sudden they close the dump down the street and say, you know what, we're going to move it right behind, right in the north. We're going to put it right down, right by the lake there. Or we're going to put it right down, we're going to put it right behind Tri-City Developments, right behind Sobeys there. It's going to go right there. You know what? People be like, whoa! That is not a good place for a dump. Why? Because my house is there. I don't want to wake up in the morning and smell whatever's in the dump. It's understandable, but do you understand that there's a motive behind that because that's what we want. When we fast, we have to get in that place where we say, God, it's not about me. But Lord, it's about you. God, what would you have me pray for? What would you have me? Lord, I just wanna, I just wanna get into that place, God, where I know you more intimately. You know, there's something real special about writing out the things that we're praying for. To take three items and just say, God, this is what I'm praying for. I'm praying for maybe my, my son who's not, who's not seeking your face right now. I'm praying for my husband who's, who's not well. And Lord, I'm praying that this year, God, that I would get closer to you than I've ever been before. I'm praying, God, that I would know you in such a way because God Every day needs to be a new chapter in my, in my story um, as I get closer and closer to God. First Corinthians 10.7 says, Do not be idolaters, as some of them were written. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up and indulged in revelry. Philippians 3.19 says, the destiny, Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. When you fast, walk in that place and just say, God, it is so hard, God, but Lord, you will provide. You know, it's amazing when you fast and you do an extended fast. You know, I don't usually even tell the congregation what I did because I don't want people to, you know what, this 21-day this fast, I'm praying right now and saying, God, what would you have me do? You know, and, and, and if that is a, and we're going to get into the types of fast in a few minutes, but if it's a Daniel fast, and a Daniel fast is eating fruits and vegetables and walking in that place, then God, that's what you're calling me to right now, is a 21-day fast. If it's a one-day fast in the 21 days, then God, that's what you're calling me to. Last year, I started my fast early, and I ended a little bit late, and I did a 40-day fast. I never told the church what I was doing because, you know what? Again, I didn't want people to step in that place and say, 40 days, oh my goodness. But I tell you, those 40 days were the best days of my life. God took me on this journey that was so exciting. God took me in this place that was just so cool. And it's just like, Lord, I just, I'm just getting so hungry. I'm just knowing so much about you. And all of a sudden, when that stomach starts to rise up and rumble, I find day two is the hardest. Day two, day three, you know, the body's detoxifying. You're getting such a wicked headache from, from, from caffeine getting, coming out of your pores and all this kind of stuff. You know what? Your breath is awful. Oh, it's awful in a fast. You know what? It's like, hey, can I come up? If anyone wants prayer for the altar, come on up. And everyone's like, no, thanks. We'll just stay here. But you walk in that place and you say, God, I want what you want from my life. Do you know that every single one of us in this room are children of God? Do you know that your heavenly Father likes giving gifts? Do you know that he wants to bless you? I think there's a mindset in many that, yes, God loves me, but he has things for, for others who are more spiritual than I am. That is crazy talk. God has great gifts for you. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. Which one of you, if your sons ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, uh, threw, uh, uh, if you then threw, thought you were evil, know how, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? you know what, I took my kids uh, last year, I took them to Disneyland. And I said, Dad, I'm teaching them about budgeting. You know what, uh, they had a paper route there, and we would take their monies that they would get from paper route, and we'd put it into three containers. One would be to their tithe, one would be to, to uh, spend, and one would be to save. And uh, we said to them, you know what, you know, we, want to, we want you guys to save up for your own plane ticket. You guys buy a plane ticket to Disneyland, we'll go. And they started saving up their little monies there. And they, they got to the place where they bought their own plane ticket. And uh, we, we went down and Dad looked after everything else there. But as we went down there, um, uh, Mackenzie, wanted to, she went and got this, this, this uh, she, she went and saw it. Mackenzie was all about the characters. Lucas was all about the rides. And, and Mackenzie would be like, come on, let's go, let's go line up here. And there would be like a 40-minute wait to see a character. And Lucas is like, oh, come on, Space Mountain, let's go. So so we lined up for for this this one to see Rapunzel. And Rapunzel was such a long line. Like that was honestly that was the longest line in all of Disney to see and get your picture taken with Rapunzel. And it's like, oh man. And as Mackenzie's sitting there, like Lucas is just like, oh come on. But Mackenzie, like as the line got moved and got closer and closer and closer, she got more excited and more excited and more excited. As a dad, I'm trying to teach her that money just doesn't grow on a tree, that you know what, you have to, you have to work for it, you want to save, you want to you b- budget, here's your money. We gave them money to be able to spend because once all of a sudden they walk in and they see all the stuff that Disneyland has, it's kind of like, hey, you know what, I want, I want a balloon, I want the ice cream cone, and I want the little glow-in-the-dark thing. It's like, boom, your money's gone, now you don't have anything for the rest of the trip to spend. And, and, and as they were doing that, and uh, I, I sat there, and, and, and I, I saw this little girl walk by with a Rapunzel wig. I'm like, that is so cool. I'm like, you know what? I bet you Mackenzie would love that. So I ran after this little kid. I'm like, hey, you, where would you get that wig? She's like, ah. <laughs> so I found out from her mother. Just kidding. found out from her mother where she got it, and I went down to that store, and Mackenzie's, like, getting closer and closer. I'm like, I, I got the wig, and I'm, I'm running. I'm booking it through Disneyland. And I'm just like, and I, I find the wig and I walk in there, there and the, the wig was like 25, 30 bucks for a wig. I'm like, 25, 30 bucks here. And I run back and, and she's like next to you. And I said, here, Mackenzie. And I pulled out this gift and I just sort of placed it on her and, and it was so cool. And, and she just, as a dad, I got to bless my little, my little lamb. And you know what? Mackenzie sat in that place, and she got to see Rapunzel, and then uh, she went and saw a few of the other characters, and one of the characters we saw was Cinderella that night. And She saw Cinderella, and then the next day, we had breakfast with the characters, and Cinderella was there. And Mackenzie walked up to the Cinderella, and she says, hi. Remember me? And she says, um... And she just kind of looked like, well, how do you answer that? And, and she says... You probably don't remember me cuz last night I had a Rapunzel wig on. And Cinderella says, "Oh, that's right. That, that now I now I recognize you. I didn't notice, but but there you are." And and just just to see that kind of that kind of life coming into my girl and just see the excitement of the characters and and that whole thing and, and that to, to to be able to bless them with that gift. God the Father has got these little things that are in your heart. They're just kind of like, "You know what? This is crazy." This, you know what? Just a Just that, this little piffy thing. And the Lord says, you know what, that's not piffy. i placed that in your heart. And I want to reveal that to you. I want to be able to bless you in such an amazing way. That's who God the Father is. And when we take that time to fast, we just press into his presence and say, God, I'm crazy about you, Lord. And Lord, I know you're crazy about me. And then, man, it's just really kind of neat what happens. Here's a few different types of fasts that, that we can get ready for coming up January the 11th. First of all, the Esther fast. Esther 4.16 says, Go gather uh, together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, I, and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. You know what? How many people in this room have ever been in a crisis? You know what? Half of us have put up our hand. Maybe half of us haven't. There's a time where crisis will come to our families. There's a time where crisis will come into each one of our life. Are you in crisis? Is the enemy hard after your kids, your family, your finances? We can see there are signs of the times, and we know that things are going to get worse, but before they get better. But as a saint of God, we can fast like Esther fasted for crisis. When trouble comes, we don't fall down and collapse. We don't run and hide, but we seek him. We say, devil, you think you're going to bring a curse against me? Well, the Bible says, what the enemy is meant for evil, that God can use for good. So get behind me, Satan. This crisis that is in my life will become a blessing. You know a common sentence that we hear that is such a lie from the enemy? Oh man, I'm fighting a losing battle. I hate when I hear people say that. It's like, really? Have you read the book? You're not fighting a losing battle. you got an advocate on your side that the Word says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are on the winning side. And just because right at this very moment it looks dark, we all know the, the saying, it's always darkest before the dawn. If we just lived in this little bubble where everything just was so fantastic, roses and daisies, how would we have an opportunity to be able to trust in God? We have to get to that place where it's kind of like, God, I'm in a serious crisis right now. There's something that is happening that is causing me to lose sleep. There's something that's happening that's causing turmoil in my life. I need to trust you, God. Step into a Daniel fast. God, give us a chance in the middle of crisis Acts 9, Paul fasted for three days when he was blind. People were trying to kill him, yet the Lord revealed himself and set him free. Are you you in a crisis? Have you found yourself losing sleep because of anxiety or worry? We don't need man's opinion in times of crisis. We uh, we uh, We need God's reassurance. We need to be carriers of peace. I'm telling you that this will open up so many doors for the time of ministry. The Esther fast is a three-day fast. You know what? This is one fast that I have never done because it's a three-day fast with no food or water for three days. She said to her people, you know what? We need to fast. Tell everybody no, don't eat, don't no drink for three days. I know some of my brothers uh, who, who I've walked with who've gone through this fast, and they said, you know what? I've done 40-day fast. I've done 21-day fast, And this by, heart, by far is the hardest fast to do. When crisis comes, press in and just say, God, I'm going to take three days. I'm going to stay from food, and I'm going to stay from water, and I'm going to seek your face. The Daniel fast. Daniel ten two to 3 says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat, and no wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. A three-week fast is a series of seven, which is God's perfect number of completion. This fast is known as the Daniel's fast. It consists of no bread, no pasta, and no meat, only fruits, vegetables, and water. An angel came after 21 days to Daniel, and he came bringing an understanding to the vision that Daniel received. God has a plan for every single person in this room. He's giving you promises and destiny. He's waiting for you there. For your family to step into it. The 21-day fast is for clarity, for direction, and for a focus of vision. The vision you have of seeing your prodigal son and daughter return to the Lord is not a lie. To to bring torment into your spirit. It's a gift from the Lord. It's a present of hope. You know what, my friends? We don't worship a dead God. That 21-day fast. Have you got unfulfilled promises in your life? Daniel fasted for 21 days, and you know what? We see that the prince of Persia held up the answer to prayer, and the Lord released Michael to go and do battle in the heavens. There has been prayer answers that have been let go in this room, and they're being held up because there's a spirit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities. We are in a war. There is war going on in the heavenlies right now, and it's our job to seek the face of God and say, God, you promised me this, and your Lord, your word says the promises of God are yes and amen. Habakkuk 2 says, wait for the vision, for it will surely come to pass. Fasting puts you in the best possible position for breakthrough. 2 Samuel 5 says, God is a God of breakthrough, but we position ourselves through prayer and fasting to receive the breakthrough. The 21-day fast gives us an understanding of the vision. There's the one-day fast. How many people say, sign me up for that one, Pastor. That's the one that I want to do. Jeremiah 36.6 says, You go therefore and read from the scroll which you have written at my instruction, the words of the Lord in the hearing of the people in the Lord's house on the day of fasting, and you shall also read them in the hearing of all Judea who who come from the cities. When you do this fast, what you're doing is a spiritual checkup. Lord, how's my life? Do I love you more today than ever? You know, I... for some of you who've been around the church for a little while, you remember the Earls, Melissa and uh, uh, Melissa and John Mark? You know, Melissa, she told me once, she says, you know what, Lance, one thing that I never forgot as a child is my mom and dad would fast for us as kids one, one day of the week, every single day, every single week. They'd take like Wednesdays and say, you know what, this, this day we're going to just fast for our kids and we're going to pray for our kids. Isn't that amazing that she remembers that? Isn't that amazing that a mom and dad would model that? To step in that pl- place and say, kids... Every Wednesday, we're not going to eat as a family. Like, the kids can eat, but a mom and dad, we're not going to eat. We're going to fast. We're going to pray for you, that the Lord blesses you. You know, I know in my own personal life, and some of you who have heard my testimony know, high school was a, a great year for me, but it was just kind of before high school. That, that uh, it's, it's a little bit different in, in Alberta than it is uh, in, in Ontario. But uh, for me, right that grade 6, grade 7 type of mark, was a real difficult year where I totally, I hated school, I hated life, and, man, I didn't want to go to the local high school. Wouldn't it be so awesome just to have, perhaps in those most important years in childhood development, to have a mom and dad who pray and fast for you, to have a mom and dad who just seek the face of the Lord for you hard and just say, you know what, I love you so much, son, so much, daughter. How's my temperature, God? How's my attitude, Lord? God, what kind of words are coming out of my mouth? Are there words of blessings or are there words of cursings? Lord, the word says that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Show me, God, what needs to go. Show me, God, what I, what I need to let go of to just to walk in that place of holiness. This is a spiritual checkup. or show me my heart, and if there's anything in it, remove it, God. You know, I... That, that, that trip to Disney, I think that totally was a, a, a great time, but it was also the Lord showed me so much stuff there. You know, I don't know what type of person you are, but I'm kind of a let's go, go, go right now type of person. And someone told me before I left the Disney that there's, there's, there's something called ride max. Have you ever heard ride max? RideMax is a program that you can put on your computer, and you type in what ride you want to do that day, and they will look at statistics and, and the history of, of the park and, and, and how busy the rides are and that kind of stuff, and they'll, put your, they'll make an agenda for you to put everything in order to make you go through the park to do it as quick as possible. And you, you you type in there you know if I want I want a lunch break here and I want this kind of stuff and it'll all calculate a schedule for you I'm like this is awesome, so I paid twenty bucks for RideMax and I, I typed it in and I got this schedule and I sat down with my my brother-in-law uh, Cis, uh, Cindy's brother Graham. And his family were there. And I said, okay, here, here's the ride, Max. Here's the schedule. And we, went, we sat at the t- kitchen table and we all kind of planned out the day, where we're going to meet, how we're going to do this, and all this kind of stuff. It's like, awesome. Okay. So we, we left the hotel and we're on the way to Disney and we get on the I-5. And all of a sudden I looked beside me and Graham is going on some off-ramp. I'm like, where are you going? I'm like, you're supposed to be following me. Like, I, oh, man, like, now, now we're separated, and you know I don't know where he's going. So I pull up to the park, and we but we had we had a contingency plan. I knew where I was going to meet him, and I said, okay, like if we ever get separated, we're going to meet right here on the entrance, and then we'll go. And I get in the entrance, and I'm waiting for him. And I'm waiting for him. Do you know we waited for about forty five minutes? And as I waited for forty five minutes, I'm watching my ride max thing just go. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like we're supposed to start at nine o'clock. It's five to nine. We can't make it all the way down that end of the parking. Oh my goodness, it's nine. It's 10 after nine. I'm like, this is my vacation. And Graham is ruining it on me. And all of a sudden, this anger came out. And I'm like, come on. And when he finally showed up, I'm like, what were you doing? He's like, I don't know. I just, all of a sudden, the road that I was on just turned and I found myself on a ramp and I didn't know where I was. I'm like, moron. Just stand behind me, like just follow the bumper, like it's not that difficult. And I'm like, now Ride Max is out the window. Now we're supposed to be at this ride, which is the most popular ride. And it says that if you're there right at nine o'clock, you'll have an 18 minute wait. But if you read right here, if we're not there for 10 more minutes, we've now got a 40 minute wait on that ride. And we got down there, and guess what? 40 minutes. And as I'm standing in the line waiting for this first ride, I'm like, your fault. Do you think there's something in my heart? (laughs) Or are we all like that? We're all like that, amen. You know what? There's something about getting in that place and just saying, God, I don't want anything in my heart, Lord, that's not from you. To do a a spiritual checkup, man, I got to motor through this. Then we got the battle fast. Judges 20.18 says, Before the battle, the Israelites went to Bethel and asked God which tribe should go first to attack the people of Benjamin. Here we have a chapter where the Israelites were fighting the people of Benjamin. They sought the Lord. They asked who should go. The Lord told told them yes. They went out and they were destroyed. They fell back, stood before the Lord again and said, Lord, should we go? The Lord said yes. They went out again and then another 18,000 of them died. 40,000 people died in two days. They asked the Lord. The Lord said, yes, go, and they lost. What happened? They sought the Lord. God said, go, and they died. See, there's a very special thing in verse 26. It says, then all the Israelites went up to Bethel, wept in the presence of the Lord, and fasted until the evening. They also brought burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. The Israelites went up seeking direction from the Lord. The Israelites asked the Lord, should we fight against the, our relatives from Benjamin again, or should we stop? And the Lord said, go tomorrow, and I'll hand them over to you. See, in our intercessor training courts, we teach the intercessors to make sure that we don't have a dent in our armor from offense, bitterness, or anything before we enter into that type of prayer. It's the same in battle. Never enter into a spiritual battle without fasting and seeking the face of God. We must remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, and the enemies, like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. There's a war that's happening for your life, for your family, for our city. But take heart for greater he that is in us than he that is in this world. We need to fast for the lost First Kings 21, 27, 29 says, When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring the disaster in his days, but I'll bring it on his house in the days of his son. Ahab was an extremely wicked man. A prophet said to him in verse 19, this is what the Lord says. What is enough that you have, uh, wasn't it enough that you killed Naboth? Must you rob him too because you've done this? Dogs will lick your blood up at the very place where they licked uh, where they lick the blood of Naboth. Some people know right from wrong, and yet they still choose to live wicked lives. You know what, how many people in this room know of a loved one who knows right from wrong, but they still choose to walk in sin? How many of us know somebody like that? See, there's hope in verse 25. It shows us how this wicked man, in fact, it reads, nobody else completely sold himself out to evil in the Lord's sight as Ahab did under the influence of Jezebel. His worst outrage was worshiping idols. That that is uh, strong. Nobody else completely sold himself out to evil in the Lord's sight. Yet when the prophet spoke to him, the Bible said that he tore his clothes, he dressed in burlap and fasted, and God lifted judgment. During our 21-day fast in January, would you target somebody, that person that you put your hand up, would you target them and say, God, would you lift judgment, God? Father God, would you walk in that place, would you stand in the gap for them? You know, we can't stand in the gap where we say, God, we just ask that you forgive them of their sins and, and everything will be cool. They have to come to that conscious place and make that decision themselves. But we can't stand in that place and say, God, would you spare them, Lord? God, would you just set up that, those divine appointments in their life? God, would you just show them mercy, Lord? Man, I'm so thankful that somebody did that for me. I'm so thankful that when I was a wicked, wicked kid, that someone stood in that place and fasted and prayed for my life. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't really slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake, for he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. That is God's heart. He loves, our, he loves those people. He loves the world. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son. We can fast for our health. Isaiah 58 8 says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly be healed. No, I'm not going to spend too much time here. But you know what? Are you sick in your body? Do you have a disease that someone uh, has spoke over you or a doctor has said that this is what's going on? Fast. Do you believe that healing is for today? All right, great. Four people in this room do. Guys, this is really serious. Do you believe that healing is for today? If you believe that healing is for today, then target and say, God... This sickness that has come upon my family, God, I need to seek your face because, Lord, you are the God that healeth thee. And, God, I believe it in Jesus' name that, God, you want to touch us in such an amazing way because you are God. I believe that healing is going to flow from this region. I believe that the Spirit—you know what? Can you see a whole area that all of a sudden is is a cancer-free zone? That all of a sudden, like people drive into Cold Lake, and when they hit the sails, they're set free of cancer. And there's all kinds of things that, oh, you know what? The water in Cold Lake or the air in Cold Lake is what's making it cancer-free zone. No, it's the Spirit of the Lord that's over Cold Lake. God is the God of healing. May He be glorified. And whatever sickness, whatever curse has been spoken over you, we can stand in that place and say, No, 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 I'm not going to receive that. Because God is greater, and I, that's what I believe. I love the end of Isaiah fifteen twenty six. It says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And again, I'm skipping some of the stuff here, but the 40-day fast. Adam lost domain by eating. Esau lost his birthright by eating. Jesus fasted for 40 days for dominion, authority, to get back everything that was freely given. One of our goals here at Cold Lake Community Church is to be an equipping center for us as parents to learn principles to be able to equip our life for our family. Isaiah fifty-eight twelve says, Again, being the fashion chapter, you shall rise up against the foundation of many ger- generations. Are you a parent in this room? Ezra 58.12 says, Then I proclaim a fast, and there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before God to seek from Him the right way for us as little ones and all of our possessions. See, I see three reasons right here alone why we as a church and as a people must fast in 2012. Number one, God will show us a church, the right way to go, the right way to lead our family. Number two, as parents, we need to teach and train up our little ones. And number three, for substance, resources, and finances. The enemy wants to destroy them, but God is the God of breakthrough. You know what? Dads, would you stand with me in this room right now? Dads, the Bible says that we're the priests of our homes. And when we say that we're the priests of our homes, it's not something that we lord over our spouses or our family. It's something that we get to do as, uh, to be a teacher, to be able to train up our children in the ways to go. It's our responsibility before the Lord. Fathers, would you stand in that place this, this, this year and say, God, I'm going to ask you what you would have my family fast. Man, I know that we're busy I know that when we fast, maybe, perhaps we're, we, we're, we're not that strong and we go to work and it's kind of like, you know what, we have, we have a job to do and if I fast, maybe they'll get weak and, and, and uh, I won't be able to do the job that I want. If you read the, the, the Daniel fast, Daniel said, you know what, uh, let me eat choice vegetables and then test me in a week to see if I'm not as strong as anybody else. And you know what, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel were stronger than any other man. God can do great things in our families. But it's up for us to lead it. It's up to us to be able to take that place that God has given us and said, okay, Lord, help me to be able to step into that role that you're calling me to. You know what, if you're a wife, would you just stand with your husband and put your arm around him if you're here? And I just want to pray for, for every single dad in this room this morning. Father, I just thank you so much, God, for every single man who's in this room. And Lord Jesus, you are calling us, Father God, to be men of integrity. You are calling us, Lord Jesus, to be the head of our homes. You are calling us, Lord Jesus, to be that spiritual priest that you've established in your word for us to be. God, would you teach us how to be it? Because, Lord, the truth of the matter is, as many of us have not had fathers, God, who have laid that foundation for us, God. But, Lord Jesus, there's hope for the next generation, God, that, Lord Jesus, every single one of us steps into that place that you're calling us to be. God, would you challenge us as a a man, would you challenge us as a father to step in that place to be able to lay that foundation for our kids, to be able to be the man and the dad that you've called us and created us to become. Lord, I thank you for every single man in this room, God. Lord, my heart, Father God, is so much to see men rise up. Because, God, when men rise up, Father God, and we, we stop worrying about the temporal, God, but we start focusing on the supernatural, Lord Jesus, this whole world will change. So, God, I bless every single man in this room. Lord Jesus, I thank you for them. I thank you for our spouses. I thank you for every single lady in this room, God. Father God, for they are pure and holy And Lord Jesus, I just pray, God, that you just uh, allow them to blossom and go further than they've ever gone before in your spirit. In Christ's mighty name we ask it. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a fantastic week in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.